Okay, it's Craggy Island Rugby, the semi-final edition, something we've never really said before. Rob, it's looking packed already and we're over an hour and a half before kickoff. A lot of different things that make this feel very different in your normal game, be it the crowd queuing up two hours before and outside, a group of Scottish journalists in the room two doors down from me watching the Scottish Cup final. It's 2-2 between Hibs and Rangers as we talk right now and uh, clued into it. Ah, it just feels different. It is different. There's never been anything like this. Massive away support. 800, they told me, is exactly around the number they expected to come over. Sun is shining, bit of a breeze, possible chance of a shower, but it doesn't look like it looking at the blue sky we have here. This is exactly what we wanted, William. Yeah, it's always like this in Galway. They're selling, there's an ice cream van out the back selling ice creams, 99s. Something that happens at every home match here, not. Uh, the ground is filling up, people were queuing up outside down College Road. And yeah, this has a different feel. This is this is something much, much bigger. We've had semi-finals of European games here before, but this has a different feel. This, there's a whole level of expectation here. And it's been driven by the fans, driven by the forums and the media. So by kickoff time, I'd say this place is going to be ready to explode. I'd say so. The, the Glasgow fans rushed in and all stood around the, the, their coaches' box, so there'll be a, a lot less hassle for their coaches with people banging on the box and cheering at them. Yeah, they actually had a member of their staff there specifically, and she sort of instructed them uh, in her best Australian accent to get into that spot. That's what they wanted. So that proves this place can be a tad intimidating. They'll never admit it, but I, I think this place gets into sides' heads. Just 19 minutes and 20 seconds. It's still nil-nil. We've been dominating but not scoring. Yeah, something we have to probably correct fairly quickly. We've had a three opportunities in the 22 and we haven't taken them. Um, we're well enough on top in this game. The injuries right at the start for Glasgow there. Finn Russell and the prop going off after uh, 50 seconds. It's a terrible clash of heads. It's a very hard game of rugby. It's it's physical. It's been played at high speed. 
fantastic break from fantastic break from Healy, but he lost it in the end. The turnover ball, 20 minutes gone, still nil-nil. Last play of the first half, Connacht leading 10-3, Glasgow on our own, on the Connacht line, hammering away trying to score. jogged off and looked as though they were really really up for it this is uh, this is an epic Alan it's, uh, the physicality out there is absolutely staggering and Connacht are driving them back the tackles some of the hits that are going in they've three guys off they've had to make three changes already should be a big help in the second half we just have to keep doing what we're doing the dream is still alive 70 minutes 43 seconds Connacht has scored but there's a review going on this is taking a long time Ooh. that looks a harsh decision that's the second try that's been taken away from us today 70 minutes 43 seconds the score is 16-11 to Connacht we're dominating this game yeah, but we're not far enough ahead, Alan. These guys are the champions, and they've kept going. It's very hard to figure out exactly what was going on there. It, I'm surprised Matreya didn't go further down the pitch to actually see the replay. He seemed to be relying totally on the TMO's interpretation, and that's not the way it's supposed to be, but he has an issue with TMO's. Anyway, here we are. It's, it's still on. This game is still very much alive for Glasgow. It's still ours to win. Seventy-three minutes. Two huge decisions against Connacht. We had a try disallowed, which looked perfectly good. And then you had Rodney put in the sin bin for a high tackle. Yeah, I think that was that was a good enough call by the referee, the yellow uh, card. But I really am baffled by baffled by the try. Connacht are going to have to really, really dig deep now. This is going to be a very, very tough last seven minutes. Seventy-nine minutes, twenty seconds gone. Ball just about to be put in the scrum. seconds left Connacht have the ball Connacht have won 
the final. A few tears have been shed in this clan stand. The pitch has been invaded. The, the, the players have been mobbed. My God, what's it going to be like next week? Well, uh, that was an amazing achievement. That was just a matter of mind over matter. The 23 heroes, some of the, some of the tackling, some of the determination was uh, almost manic, almost beyond human endurance. It was a phenomenal performance. Uh, I'm not ashamed to admit I was crying at the end. I've been coming here a long, long time waiting for something really good to happen to Connacht and now it has and they should absolutely revel in it the fans the players the management everybody involved and you also got to think about the guys who gave their heart and soul to Connacht over the years who uh, didn't maybe get the rewards that these guys have got but it's onwards and upwards now they have absolutely nothing to fear next week it's going to be a fantastic a fantastic event a fantastic weekend and uh, let's hope we can bring some of this magic from the sports ground with us exactly I believe 28,000 tickets have already been sold there might be a few more thousand sold from the west of Ireland tonight we'll talk to Rob when he comes back in a few minutes well there's people already booking their ferries uh, from the stand as we speak <laughs> going to be some weekend next weekend Pat Lamb Wow. Uh, you know, it's extremely privileged and blessed to be, you know, part of this group, you know, to represent the West of Ireland. It's just a magnificent day for the West of Ireland. I know fantastic support here, and uh, but we know there's so many people that would have liked to be at the game. You know, Sligo, Leitrim, Roscommon, Mayo, Galway, you know, right, right through. It's, um, it's just a wonderful day for the West of Ireland in the sense that you know, that uh, what we represent and it's ironic that you know before the game I said to the boys you know this is our process of winning the game and this is how we're going to go about doing it but it means nothing we just need to uh, channel we need to channel what this province means to you you know I highlighted all the boys that are local there was uh, eight of them that were local and um, you know I highlighted you know the final highlighted biggest game and so forth but I said just channel that into the way we play and I think you all saw that um you know, no fear. Have a crack. Um, it wasn't perfect. We know that. Um, and there's some, but there's some good rugby and some f- few frustrating things in there too. But all in all, it's also not only a great day for West of Ireland. It's a great day for Ireland. You know, to have an All Ireland final next week. Post-game section of the podcast have left Dave and Lindley in there. Look, decisions had to be made. I need to get some uh, editing done tonight because people are going to expect this podcast to be out straight away. What a win! I don't know. We, you know, we have to get to the final. It's you know, celebrating as though we'd won the, the final. We, we still have to win a final. We've won nothing yet, Rob. Oh my God! <laughs> sorry, sorry. Davy Fitzgerald. My, on my, the my wife. My wife rang me and she, she was all excited. And she went, "Oh, that was unbelievable! That was brilliant!" I said, "We've won nothing yet." <laughs> the language she used was phenomenal. <laughs> William, describe to the public what you're doing right now. I'm smoking a Condal eight ring cigar, which I've kept in a humidor for about. Uh, Five years, saving it for a very good day. It was a fairly expensive cigar. It was a twelve-inch. It's now down to about uh, five inches. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's basically. I'm smoking that, and I'm just sort of standing here trying to take it all in. So William's contributions to the podcast for the next few minutes will be in like fifty-second spurts because he can't let it uh, burn away in, in, in the interim. Uh, so let's start with the first one. How did we do that? And were we much better than Glasgow? Uh, I think we probably wanted it a bit more than Glasgow did at times. 
Uh, they were dependent really on Nakarawa, who is a phenomenal rugby player. I have never seen a guy do some of the things he does. I'm actually going to watch the Olympic Sevens tournament now just to see him. I wasn't really interested in Sevens rugby all that much, but now... He's, he's, he's a phenomenon. And he, he dragged them up by their bootstraps. They were a bit lacking in leadership. We hit them so hard every time they had the ball. We drove them back. We made tackles. There was guys covering acres of ground to make tackles. Tom McCartney <laughs> and then right at the end uh, Bundy's tackle or Peter Robb Peter Robb Peter Rob. Peter Rob made a tackle oh, which was, I thought yeah well it, it wasn't so much it, he was he sort of you, you could see him coming and you thought wow there's going to be a collu- collision here and there was and there was just that grim we shall not be defeated we've you know we're now we've gone through this season undefeated one, one defeat here one in the sports game it's 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 really quite hard to comprehend that and you, you know there's there's so many statistics like that and so many tackles made today and so many uh, outstanding performances the two guys two Glasgow guys after 50 seconds who went to make a tackle on Bundy and he just turned inside them and they smashed each other to bits one carted off on a stretcher young Finn Russell looking very very unwell I hope he recovers soon um, it's just it's just one of those games it was a game for the ages it was a performance for the ages and um, it's it's probably no more than they deserve for the season they've had but you don't always get what you're, you deserve in, in any sport no but we did it on the dry day no, that wind there was a breeze but it died as the game went on so it wasn't a huge impact on the game there was no no excuses um, I think Finn Russell going off had a major impact on them because uh, I don't think Duncan Ware gave them quite as much he didn't give them quite as much I don't know what the, the je ne sais quoi that, he, that Finn Russell would have done with the ball that he gave that, that he had so you're looking at a, a situation where Connacht have something to play for next season go at home unbeaten and beat Ulster at least once my, my, when people said to me during the week what are you expecting this weekend I said it would be great if it was a dry day and we beat Glasgow and then we get to play Ulster in the final so we're playing Leinster who um, will be tough and they played they probably played their best game of the year um, last night so it's going to be tough they've got an extra day's break an extra day's rest so it's going to be a lot up to it but once again when the pressure came on when things went against us everybody stood up everybody on that field stood up we were down to 14 men for the last 8 minutes um, you know, phenomenal. Yeah, and with two tries overturned by the TMO, the first one entirely correct there. I think the second one uh, seems to have been a another one of these strange TMO decisions that you really... Oh, it's not good for the game. I, I, the guy was in front of him when the ball was kicked, so technically that's offside. Technically they got the call right, but if we analyse rugby down to that level... I mean, once they went to the TMO, they had to make the right call. Well, the, the thing... I mean... He was in front of maybe, maybe, maybe this is irrelevant because we won the match, but that could have turned the game. But, but things like that don't seem to bother us anymore. We don't get distracted by them. We just go back and start again, and it's just a matter of the next play. Now, we had a scrum. Uh, it was a knock-on. It seemed to take forever, but we just go back and do what we have to do. And they go back to their systems and their processes. And I know that sounds a little monotonous because... Pat talks about it all the time, but they have absolute belief in this. Because their culture is right. They, they totally and utterly believe, utterly believe in one another, believe in what they're doing, 
believe in everything they want. But that's what you said from day one, in yeah. fairness. I mean, we're not going like, oh, Alan was right from day one. We didn't disagree with you per se, but you said, listen, first interview Pat Lamb ever did with him was with me in the sports ground three weeks before the end of the season, maybe more, maybe as much as two months. Remember he came over early to watch yeah. the last four games. I listened to it and I said, oh, I don't know, a bit waffly. It was interesting, but it was a bit waffly. I, I sent it on to you. And you said, Rob, have you listened back to that interview? I said, no. I did listen back to it. And my mind was blown. Because you said, listen to every answer. Listen to the change of culture that he wants to bring to here. It's exactly what we need. Exactly. Exactly. He, you know, he comes from a place where you're looking at where you have to fight for everything. And it's all about you know, everybody getting together. It's a bit like what Leicester have done. You know, yes, they're, 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 they're well-played soccer players in the Premiership, but they're not as well-played as a whole lot of other guys. But the, the teamwork, the ethos that they've got, the culture that they've got is just amazing. And it's about, you know, t- you know we, we're always looking for one individual. It's, it's, it's the modern world where you want to have one guy who's the hero and whatever. That's not the way it works. It has to be about teamwork. It has to be about everybody yeah, working together. Exactly. It has to be about, you know, you know, everybody looking and saying what's the final goal what are we yeah, trying to exactly. achieve here and let's go and do it no matter what and it's better when it's about that exactly. and it's it, it's just more enjoyable I mean lads just uh, great news that Lindley and Dave have joined us so they did the last bit of uh, work in the press conference room are you an outsider Lindley owes money to Alan oh right <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Alan doesn't remember what that is William is dishing out the nicotine Dave is ready to talk lads Exeter in the final today as well somebody might notice that like I mean you're right to bring up Leicester I know you drives him mental when everyone wants to bring it back to soccer but it's you that's bringing it up because Leicester isn't about soccer it's just about a similar it's a similar story of just figuring stuff out just saying wait hang on a minute why should there be limits to what we can achieve there's no limits to what this kind of team can achieve there's no limits well there isn't this season I don't I mean I, I'm, I'm already thinking in my head well what are the excuses the people who want to knock us down they're going to come up with they're going to come up with World Cup they're going to come up with injuries they're going to come up with we won't defend no bull that's, that's bull that's this utter bull that's it do you know what that was a team out there with one of the best defences I've seen and that was Glasgow brilliant defence the most unbelievable taking the piss player I've ever seen in my life in Nakawara the things he does with his hands on the ball it's, it's beautiful to watch and yes they weren't good enough to beat us today there's a few questionable decisions that they're going on about there's a few questionable decisions we're going on about that was two teams going hell for leather knocking seven lumps of shite out of each other and the better team won there are no excuses for the fact that Connacht are in the final apart from the fact that Connacht have been along with Leinster one of the two teams good enough to make it and if you can't accept that then quite frankly stop watching sports if we didn't get a Dave Rant in this podcast we would have all been disappointed that's first of what might well be many Lindley McKenzie your career as a journalist here in the west of Ireland covering Connacht and trying to you know put down in detail how long you've been covering Connick but you're saying look don't get into that well, at the end but you know the question I'm asking you can you believe what you're saying here oh I can believe it yeah I can absolutely believe it given the, the progress that Connick have made in the last three years the last four years and you know it was it is the biggest game that Connick have played here in their history and yes we've had big occasions we've had Harlequins we've had Toulouse we've had many teams like that but not to get to a final yeah and at the end of the day we deserve to be there we we definitely outplayed them we should have we could have scored three tries I really feel we outplayed them yeah we did absolutely outplayed them yeah. I, I mean they had I think Connacht I think it was that, that, that when they changed tactics and they chipped through 
that was the turning point because it unlocked the defence and they had to find some way to unlock the defence and they did that and they got that try and from there there was really no turning back it was just a matter of defending and defending and I think they just were absolutely had they got it spot on oh absolutely I mean it, it's, you can't expect I mean we, I've been to I've spotted enough sports I've played in all Ireland finals and lost them I've played in all Ireland semi-finals and lost them um, tell that another day that's, another, that's a long story um, under six <laughs> no, uh, it was plenty th- that's clearly a man who has never seen an all Ireland final never mind been in an all Ireland final <laughs> they meant that stung Dave I'm playing believe I left that pause in so you can see how much that stung carry on <laughs> Two, two, two all in finals in the last five years. Okay, lost them both, but still. Um, I am from Mayo. Let's be realistic yeah. about this. Um, <laughs> but I don't. I, I just can't explain what today has been like. It's from beforehand. I've never felt an atmosphere like it. And I'd like to say I haven't yeah. been and played them get yeah. finals. At the end, at half time, I felt physically. I felt that's the most nervous I've been apart from one time in my life, which was very personal to me, and that was before something quite massive. I, I've, I can't explain it's just a relief and the sense of the sense of never feeling in doubt that it was going to happen but at the same time being con- overly nervous about the fact that it might but actually when you take having had the time to look back and think back in the game there was never a moment when you felt especially when you got to five points they didn't look like they were going to score a try you felt weirdly comfortable but it's Connex you never you felt horrendously uncertain and unsure and convinced that they were going to do some, something stupid but if you take a look at it, you actually have to say they were comfortable, and we should not. We should have had more faith. And it's just an explosion of relief and satisfaction. And the job is only half done. I don't feel relief at all. I felt absolutely exhilarated by that performance. <laughs> well, yeah, he says satisfaction, and that's that's the word. I'm more than sad. More than satisfied. Okay. Absolutely <laughs> delighted. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think for the first sixty minutes, I was very kind of calm and kind of almost like <laughs> slightly removed from the sense of occasion. But I think once it got to sixty minutes, then oh. I think the nerves the nerves took yeah. over. And, and I had to talk on radio. Oh, that, that, was, that doesn't that's normally stop you. Yeah, well, it, it, it came close. There's a lot of Joe Healy today for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was a couple of times when uh, Aaron's over here. Aaron, there was a couple of times when I was struggling, but I, I got there. You see, you won't see that because you'll hear me talking, but I was struggling. I think today was all about the fans as well. You know, it really was because, like, they've never had this occasion before. And the fans came out. We've seen what Connacht can do and what the fans can do. Wouldn't it be great if you had a couple of more thousand here in the sports ground if, yeah. if it can be redeveloped. One day, perhaps, yeah. Um, and it was really for the fans because it's going to be very difficult for a lot of them to get to Edinburgh. <laughs> And, you know, that's a totally different occasion. And I think today was really all about the fans and all about Connor performing for the fans and getting to the final. Well, we have, because we've heard a bit from the lads, weren't they brilliant in the second half, the fans? Because I do think, I'd be, inevitably, there was a bit of sense of tension in the first half and there was periods when it was quiet. In that second half, in those last 20 minutes, they knew they were needed, like... Oh, the, the fields of Earth. No, I took videos of them and posted them because... Uh, the stand was bouncing. I was looking over at it in the last few it was, minutes. It was, it was amazing. They they really went for it and yeah. they totally drowned out the significant number of Glasgow Warriors yeah. who attempted who attempted to uh, to get in on the act. But no, the fans were absolutely brilliant and it's been a long time since I've seen a pitch invasion at the sports ground. I know, it was like the end of an All-Ireland final where they're all gathered around waiting for a trophy to present it. No trophies yet, though. Hey, just... Uh, you were in the post-game press conference. Did you get any Gregor Townsend audio? No, unfortunately. Uh, um, Sum it up what he said. Some of something I didn't hear. No, okay. <laughs> Some, well, that's it. I, 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 um, I'd say he was disappointed. Um, 
probably felt that I think the, the big turning point from his perspective was the fact he lost his out half. He lost, he lost, he lost four players to HIAs, three of which were in attempts to tackle Bundiaki. Uh, he lost his first choice tight head. He lost his scrum out. He lost his out half after ten minutes. He lost Favaro, and Favaro going off was huge in terms of the That's game. That's a good point because towards the end, when Ash came on, yeah. When Ash, sorry, Ash, come, Ash comes on. Now Ash is a number eight, but he doesn't have the explosive pace. And there was a lot of it was. I think it was Lindy actually pointed out to me that everybody was in Ash. That Ash was just getting hammered. He was getting no room to move. And as soon as Favaro goes off, Ash gets a bit more space. Gets time to put the little grubbers in. And I think you cannot underestimate how much their injuries hurt us. But to be honest with you, they couldn't tackle Bundy, so four guys went off. Yeah, but he was on his way off before that tackle. He was shattered. Favaro was absolutely on his feet. And I said it to William about 10 minutes beforehand. I said, that guy's not going to last. There's no way he can keep at the pace he's at. Because he was celebrating every time he got up and hit someone. He was way, way, way over the top in what he was trying to do. And there was no way he could last 80 minutes. And so that was always a possibility. So then you compare him with Jake Heenan, similar quality player. You tried to talk to Jake afterwards. He could barely speak, William. But at the same time, he measured his energy almost right to the very end. I think he had to go off. Just The only reason why he had to go off is because we had to bring on a prop because we were down. Yeah, he was absolutely shattered. Uh, so I left him be. Um, yeah, Favaro had actually made a tackle, stayed down, got up, went down again, then went and he, he was just absolutely shattered. Um, and they they were I think the, they didn't cope as well with the physicality as we did I just it's that simple and I think that'll be markedly shown when you watch it again back on television Pat Lamb was in the post-game press conference and in the immense satisfaction he took a little bit longer than usual to get in possibly he needed that time to catch his breath but by the time he got in there he spoke well he, Pat Lamb always speaks well doesn't he Pat Lamb is delighted obviously he was very measured I thought in the press conference today Um, I think already very measured he's already looking ahead obviously to the final very keen to insist that it's just going to be the same process yeah Um, most coaches in that situation would play up the opposition and start talking about the extra day they have and start talking up didn't do that talked Uh, them up a little bit but didn't talk it up in the kind of how are we going to beat them no not yet I'm sure that they'll They'll uh, work that out come come next week. He said he's already going to start working on it, I think, tonight. Um, no, he was very measured. I think they're just trying to contain themselves, I think, at the moment, to maintain that uh, the, 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 the process that they've used all season, which is we haven't won anything yet. We've still got another game to go. We have to keep just keep our heads obviously he says going to, there's going to be a lot of distractions which there will be I think they've contained that a lot to date players and interviews have been pretty much restricted and you know and I do know that there's a, a few media um, come from Dublin who are yeah I weren't happy once to speak to Mr McGinty yeah, who, who are asked in the middle of the press conference which is who, who are not happy with the amount of uh, interviews that they're being allowed to play as but I can understand totally you know where that's where that's coming from. He's got a young side. He needs to contain it. He needs to keep everyone's everyone's you know feet firmly on the ground. And you know, as John Muldoon said, you know, afterwards we've still got the final. We we're, and we've we haven't won anything yet. And before, that's what they're going to. You know, that's what the focus is on now. Before I tee that up, William, comment on that. This is a team, so that that's the way they operate. So they don't want individuals being picked out. They have to provide a certain amount. Yeah, uh, I think they've balanced it. Like, there's knee getting a feature today, but it was well balanced. It was just at the right time, and he followed through, and there was no sign. But you've got to pick and choose when you let guys into the rest. Yeah, I'm saying that. Well, you do, because they're, they're, they're young guys, and they might get railroaded slightly into saying things that they, they don't intend to say. And... Uh, 
I think that's absolutely fine. I have no problem with it whatsoever. It's all about the team, not the individual. And he, he drives that home every single time. Everybody has a job. They know what they're expected to do. And they also trust the guys outside them to do the job. A couple of times a day, to go back to the way Glasgow were operating, their defence was, but they got into situations and they gave away a lot of penalties mm. which at some stage 14-6 at the point down the corner when they'd given away three in the space of 140 seconds and no yellow card no that was very very poor oh, but that a lot of that was because I think they didn't trust their own systems and they were starting to panic a bit a lot of arm waving going on just guys panicking we don't really seem to do that the only issue tonight is was Rodney made an error uh, with that tackle it was, it was a swinging arm and it was a silly one. It was, and he, he knew coming off. Um, oh, he, he looked so relieved on that final visit. <laughs> yeah, when he when he came off and sat down, and he, you know that that that's hard when you when you're walking off in the seventy second minute, and you know now you cannot Come back. contribute to the rest of the effort. Yeah. Um, and when there was a little bit of handbags after that visit, I mean. Poor old Bundy was standing up, sort of peering over the advertising hoardings, almost, almost waiting to be like a baseball game where the where the benches are cleared and I'm coming back on. Um, but they looked so happy, and they're entitled to be happy. They were thrilled at the end of that game, and why wouldn't they be? And Glasgow were in tears in bits. Someone said Nakawara, you can say what you like about chasing money to racing Metro, and I don't think anyone would use that phrase about that man because he just loves playing rugby. He was in bits. He was in bits, and so was the captain, Johnny Gray. Johnny. Gray was sobbing coming up here absolutely gone completely devastated they had an opportunity to make history themselves not only were they going to be the first team to get through to the final away from home Mm. but they were also going to hopefully be the first team to win a pro 12 final back to back Mm. so they've lost they've lost an an awful lot you know themselves it's a hammer blow to them really because like a lot of people were like buying tickets and just not not out of arrogance but they really believed and rightly so Mm. that the champions could come here and at least not lose twice I think Gregor Townsend did make a I mean while very complimentary about Connacht and saying Connacht deserved to to be where they are he did make the point when he was asked about the Pro 12 and how much more competitive it has become he did make the point about teams in the World Cup this year who did did suffer in the sense that he believed that those players once they were able to train at the start of pre-season with their teams would would be a lot stronger. Yeah. I think Leinster dealt okay with that though, Gregor. Yeah, I so. think, um, I'm just going <laughs> to so, say... I'm that. sorry, you're, if it was Dragons versus Connacht in the final, that might make sense, Mr Townsend, but not. He was very gracious after the last feat. I, I wouldn't... I would maybe not, not begrudge him a little bit of frustration. And his team was disrupted this year, no question. Yeah, well, it, it absolutely was disrupted, but they're... They didn't change their game plan today no. at all. They, they, they went at it the same way. And the only difference is we controlled the first 20 minutes and only got three points. Uh, the same way they controlled the first 20 minutes two weeks ago. I expected them to try something different. And I actually think what Nakarawa was, was doing was almost off the cuff stuff. He was almost decided, right, the plan, whatever, the, is not working. I'm now going to try stuff. Uh, and he's just very good at it. I mean, if, if he was bad at it, it would look. Oh, it, would, it would look awful. <laughs> but he is so accurate with that. Um, his arm just sort of appears up like a quarterback, and he gets lifted along, and then he just pops it out. It's if if you haven't seen it, go and have a look at it. It's it's staggering. And I just hope he's allowed to play like that in France. I have a horrible feeling in France he'd just be converted into a bash it up the middle because I think some of their coaches will go. Oh, no, 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 you're not doing that. Alan's been over to deal with a heckler. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's been told to walk away. All right, Dave, before I... Yeah, because I've been no, trying I, to tee I, up, Dave. I, I, just, I just want to make one small point about Gregor Townsend going on about the World Cup. We played them during the World Cup. They picked a child, and they went to the arm, local army barracks and picked a, somebody who was Fijian, and they still bet us. So if they, if they were so disrupted during the World Cup, how come they bet us? It swings around the bits. Then the day they weren't good enough. There's no segue to the interview now because it went off on a tangent. But here's the interviews. First of all, you'll hear from Pat Lamb. Then you'll hear from John Muldoon. Testing your resolve, the supporters' resolve with a couple of incidents towards the end. Maybe a lot of luck wins against you as well in those closing stages too. But those last eight minutes, it was set up for Glasgow to find a way back into it with the extra man. Yeah, but we've had that right through the year. You know, like you get you get disappointed by that, you get frustrated by it. But then, you know, one of the things we've always talked about uh, that we there's nothing you can do about it. You know, it's about right, dump that next job, move in, and and the, the calmness on the field. And uh, the calmness by um, the, you know, the key leaders, and when you, when you look at that group, you take Mol, John Muldoon, and you take Ali Muldowney up, and maybe Tom. He's at the thirty. Geez, there's a lot of young boys in there, particularly in that back line. Is you know, and when I did my five-year succession plan, I, I um, by the time we get to year five, you know, we're going to have guys who are 25, 26 with hundred old caps, and it's it's, it's wonderful what's what's, what's going to carry on from here. But um, yeah. You have guys who are 25, 26 who are going to have a final in the bag as well, but I guess that's not enough for them either. No, it's not. I mean, John, John Muldoon spoke about it, you know. Uh, yeah, it's great, and I think we all we all realised that we, we didn't do... When we got top six, we reset our goal, and I think I shared it here. The number one thing was, you know, do we believe we can win it? And everyone had a chance to write down um, their answer to that, and that was unanimous. And then we said, right, what's the process of, of winning? We looked at history. You've got to get one or two. And so we worked hard to get to one or two to get the home semi. And, um, and now we're in the final. But we never talked about getting to the final. We talked about winning it. And it's just, you know, one and two chance now. But we effectively, we know, I saw last night, it was a great great game. I mean, Leinster, you know, the, the key guys, Johnny Sixth and Jamie Heaslip, all, all their big players, they were superb. And uh, we're under no illusions. What, what we face, uh, it's, it's funny because we did the, the toss was done by the pro rugby and I think we won it, if whoever won this game got the home. So we'll be in the Scottish main changing room playing Ireland on the other side and uh, in Murrayfield so uh, it's something uh, ton in cheek everyone but it's, it is you look at what they've got and, but you know that doesn't daunt us because massive internationals today you know and I mean uh, I hope Finn Russell's okay it was a big collision and you know in Ferguson but they bring on two other internationals you know so it's uh, well, to beat the defending champions back to back I said to the boys this is what Champions Cup rugby is going to be in December if any of the boys who get selected for um, South Africa is what is going to be first test, second test, third test. So this is all part of their education. So it's, um, it's a great day and a great learning for them. John, to start with, you know, we're all just trying to get come to terms with what this means, but it's a final. That's the first point, and it's an incredible achievement. Yeah. Um, yeah, you have to kind of pinch yourself at times, don't you? It's... Um, it's huge. I said to Robbie just before we, we left the dressing room, going, we've got one more game, Robbie, um, after this. And he just gave me a wry little smile. And um, Yeah, look, it's fantastic. Obviously, you saw the way the crowd were out there. and um, I think the energy around the place was, was huge for the last couple of days. And um, there was probably a little bit of anxiety and a little bit of, um, I suppose, um, worry in the lads. And... Um, one of the last kind of things and 
one of the things we were trying to, I suppose, instill all week was just keep doing what we were doing and um, have the confidence and try not to go into ourselves. But that's easy to say. Um, in, a, in an environment out there and emotionally it was huge but I think um, obviously I'll have to look back at the game but I think we, we were very very hungry for it and we, we won a lot of 50-50s and I think probably the crowd lifted us a little bit and got us over the line a small bit as well we were probably a little bit unlucky with a couple of the tries but look that's the way it goes the lads from BBC Scotland were saying that much like Glasgow last year Connick seemed to be on a mission and almost unstoppable today oh god um yeah, look, I think home advantage is huge, and I don't know how many years we're doing. I think it's that's the eighth or ninth, um, and home advantage has always come true. And um, we we didn't want to be after watching Leinster last night. We didn't want to be the ones that that booked the trend on that. And I suppose history tells you that home advantage is huge. And when you see the scenes out there, I was trying to get off the pitch, and it was bloody impossible. So um, yeah, it was absolutely massive. Um, I'm just delighted for everyone out there. There's there's lots of people um, who've been coming and probably supported Connacht Rugby longer than I have as well. And I'm delighted for all of them. And um, it's good to see a few ex-players in the crowd as well and um, enjoying us. And as much as all we take advantage of the heroics of now, you've got to look back at all those people that put in a lot of effort and um, coaches and um Eric texted me last night getting in before the crowd and I'm delighted for someone like him who's given a lot and um, yeah look it's fantastic but we've won nothing yet and that's that's the big thing it's great to get to a final but we've got to try and win it now which is not going to be easy um, I thought Leinster were outstanding last night defence won the game I think that five minute period just after half time was, was what won the game um, I was chatting to a few friends and after that couple of minutes when they stopped Ulster as a game over uh, I thought it was they were very very good and, um, big big days and big occasions the big men come to the fore and he slipped six and all them lads were very very good so yeah we've our work cut out One more piece of audio before we uh, move on uh, Pat was chatting about Bundiaki in the press conference really interesting insight into the, all the struggles he had this week Well we know but Bundy has been suffering an injury for a while and training um, training was finished and the, the backs went off to do a few more little exercises and Pat was there and there was all of a sudden there was these shouts and whatever and, and Bundy had gone down Yeah, he's, he's a warrior Jeez, he's a warrior, he actually twisted his knee at training on Tuesday and uh, and uh, we actually did training, finished training but we did the contact session and it was good and I had them in the huddle and said, right, good. And then the boys go and do their, 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 their um, skills for 10 minutes. They choose what they want to do. And some of the backs decided they wanted a bit more tackling. So, all right, okay, and it's their call. They've got different stations they can work on. And I was watching the um, I was watching some of the catch-pass drills of uh, some of the forwards, and then at the corner of my eye, I heard everyone's uh, panic, and I looked over and I said, you've got to be kidding me. He was lying on the ground and his, his knee had been twisted when 10, um, 10 and tackled him. So I thought, right, OK, uh, ignore it, don't worry about it, carry on over here and just let them, the, the medics deal with it. And then uh, he left here on crutches on that, you know, and the medical team did a great job. They wanted to do a fitness test on him yesterday. I said, no, no, 
Yeah, I said, oh, we just want to check. I said, he's got till 6.29 p.m. Saturday to work out if he's going to make it. And Because uh, I asked what the fitness test was going to be, and they told me, and I said, well, our game day warm-up is... Uh, is uh, tougher than that. Yep. All right. We'll just do the game day warm up, and we we prepared Peter Rob through the whole week um, for the rest of the week, and so we're ready to go. And uh, it was going to be a boost if he's going to make it. That uh, uh, I saw him yesterday, and he was keen to get out to the captain's run. I said, no, no, just take it easy. And then uh, then when I came in at, before uh, when we arrived at the stadium, I, the physios with him. I looked at him, and he just gave him. I said like that, and he pumped. He gave me the thumbs up. He could be good. So he's tough. We just heard from John Muldoon, a very happy captain. Oh, absolutely. But once again, feet on the ground. Yeah. Um, We've got a bloody final to win. I think yeah, it's it was, yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, looking forward to it, looking forward to the occasion. He did say he'd been in a few All Ireland finals before at Minor and Hurling yes. for uh, Galway and Portumna. Galway and Portumna. He'd been in All Ireland finals like you. Yeah, but he he won his. That's the major difference. <laughs> yeah, okay. Hang on. I'm going to test my... This is this is a cigar update. Where are we? Uh, it's down now to about uh, a third of the cigar to go. third of the cigar. Have you won for the final, have you? I have a bigger one for the final. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm not sure if it was John Mondon who mentioned it, but he, he was talking about... Um, he, he was talking about uh, the West Awake and the poignancy of it on this particular occasion. Nice. And yeah. he, 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 he mentioned it, obviously, in, in relation to, to Joe McDonough, who um, sadly passed away uh, yes, last night. And he just made the point that, you know, here was the West Awake here in the sports ground today. And he just said it was a very poignant moment for him yeah, as well. And he comes from a hurling family and it means a hell of a lot to him as well. And it was the first time the crowd joined in. They yeah, haven't really. joined in all season and they joined in today. Yeah, yeah. And Brilliant. I mean, anyone who's grown up, I mean, if you're over the age of 30, you've, you remember being shown that video and you've all seen reading in the years. It is one of the greatest moments in the history of Crow Park. And Joe McDonald is one of those stars of West of Ireland sport. And here we are with a whole bunch of lads. I was saying it to Joe after is these guys in rugby circles are going to be talked about in 50 years' time. Longer. Oh, oh God, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's when you achieve something for either in an extremely long time or for the first time, those guys will be legends. I mean, it's, it, it, Alan was right. I had no, it was clear. I'm not a huge fan of the West Wake as a song. And I don't think it's always worked here. But I thought today, given, the Joe, given what happened last night with Joe and given that as we say John is from a huge hurling background would have known Joe um, and it was just it was a sad, it was a sad start to a, to a day and it's the perfect way and there's nothing there's no better way to commemorate a sporting legend in a, in a, in a place than to do something sporting and to commemorate them with that his most famous moment is actually off the pitch it is the singing of the West Awake in 1980 and I think it was poignant I think it was apt and I think in a tiny little way it may have inspired yeah, I definitely think so. I think it was there. All right, round the table. A couple of our guests. John Mulligan is going to have one contribution to this podcast. Guy Bay, John Mulligan. Connick Lance, John Mulligan. You were in the studio, but you got here. Yeah. Um, it's funny, Rob. Um, over the past, in 2003, 
Um, I was one of those who marched on Lansdowne Road when it looked a very real possibility that this would not happen. So 13 years later, to be looking forward to a Pro 12 final, you know, it's it's just, I mean, it's funny, when we were in the middle of the commentary, I actually tweeted you, it was meant to be a private tweet saying, keep going, because I'm bawling my eyes out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> and, and, and that's why that was true. Um, I, as, a, as a Connacht fan all my life, this is just, it's out of this world. I, I you know, and, you, and you'll never, you know, and, and I know it. I mean, Lindley has, you know, been through the good days and the bad days. You as well. You know, we've been through the bad days. We've been through the days like in, like, you know, when Clinetley came down to Athlone and the big march was on. You know, the days when, when Connacht would take on teams here in sports ground lose by 40 points. This is just, this is a, it's incomprehensible how important this is, um, and and you know, I, I mean, I am the proudest. I'm, I'm the proudest Connor fan in the in the world, and that's that's some statement to make, but it's just incredible. It is, and I remember standing here. I started following Connor in '96, and standing here, there was only three cement things. There was a wooden scoreboard. Yeah. There's two lads doing the wooden scoreboard, shouting for the opposition. <laughs> Guys, why aren't you shouting for Connacht? But they always lose. Why would you for them? A hell of a difference today. The amount of kids out there. Connacht fans here for a Leinster game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, I stood watch. Uh, Mike Ruddock was coaching Leinster, and I watched the entire game. We scored a last minute try to beat them, and I, and I was right beside Mike Ruddock. I got to like you know the coach of Leinster was standing beside me because the only place he could stand was on the steps of that old stand, yeah. and we won that game, and that was an amazing day. And the All Blacks coming here in '89, and just I remember being in the Great Southern Hotel on the edge of Galway, and all these New Zealand fans there. My dad had brought me up on these stories of New Zealand listen William you were there in 74 yeah I was there in 74 and I've just uh, I've got a lighter in my pans here which uh, my father would have had with him that day to light his uh, cigarettes uh, I never actually bring it out of the house normally but I brought it with me today because it's uh, it's a very rare piece of kit and uh, yeah the 20th of November 1974 so I'm trekking up here for I don't know 43 years or 42 years and that's that's what it's about that's what today meant it's it's and if for the for the people who for the players and the management who've, who've been here before and haven't got to where these guys are and they tried just as hard many of them but they didn't have the opportunities or maybe they just weren't good enough but they did their damnedest and they did their best but for the fans to come in today who who really reveled in it and they should revel in it they should be proud of themselves and they should be proud of their team Abandoning any other business because there's none. John, just before you go, just no, just uh, you might you will remember a particular game in Westport. Um, I think it was 2002, 2003. It was actually one of your first interprose to cover as a journalist. And myself and Pat Discombe were there. It was oh, Connacht, yeah, Connacht and Ulster. Connacht and Ulster. That's my first ever game. It was 2002, same day as the Ryder Cup that year. Yeah, and if you remember, there were more people in Westport that day for a junior interprovincial than there was for a senior interprovincial a couple of weeks later. I mean, that really does sum it up. You know how much Connacht have developed over the past number of years. You know. And there's so many people, like Sir John Fallon, who was manager in 2003. Steph Nell was coach. Jerry Kelly was the kind of the, the chairman or chief executive, as he would be now. I mean, there's so many people who've worked so hard to put us where we are this very moment. You know, we've got a week to prepare for a Pro 12 final. Could you ever imagine that happening? I don't, and it's just incredible. Thanks, John. Fantastic. What a contribution. That's, I tell you, he's setting the bar higher. Dave, final thought. 
not any other business, because there cannot be any other business. That's no idea. Oh, the, the, only, the other any other. You want to bring up some refereeing no, and no, some no, matches. No. <laughs> and I mean, like, I just feel. Sorry. The other business is if you get a chance to go, unless you're on, say, honeymoon. Or <laughs> what the hell, Pete? I mean, Packy got it kind of wrong, but you got it so wrong. <laughs> Anyways, congratulations. Oh yeah, well done. Congratulations. Uh, uh, and also to Packy for managing to miss two of the three biggest games in comic season through weddings, one of which wasn't even his own. Update on Packy's marriage. Order still hasn't heard the podcast. Carry on. <laughs> Should we have said that? Because I now have three podcasts he can't ever play in front of her. <laughs> What podcast? If you're driving somewhere in Dalkoff. I'm just going to make a recommendation, guys. If you are, I mean, this week, tickets will actually might be slightly easier to get them for this week, but flights, guys, flights, boats. If, if you are a fisherman on the west, on the, if you're a fisherman in Wexford yeah. and you see some people in green jerseys around New Ross, Turn just bring them over to Wales yeah. and tell them and just pass it on. Get as many people up to Edinburgh. We need as many there. There's apparently there's 28,000 tickets being sold since last night. They can't all be Leinster fans. We need to drown them out because I think this we, we've only done half the job. We've got to the final. Now let's go and win it. Yeah, I have a little rant. What? Oh. It's better be no, it's positive, it's positive, it's the, 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 the guys who do, who do the, um, the PA here weren't quite loud enough tonight because the, loud, the noise in the crowd was so good you couldn't actually hear them it was brilliant it was great if any any, any club who wants to know this man looking for louder PAs no no any club who wants to know how to get a ground buzzing and bouncing and having yeah. great people doing things don't play stupid loud music let the fans do it themselves they've done and it. we've done it and we've got the best atmosphere in the place it's awesome well done everyone involved in the sound systems in the announcements everything here this season you've done an incredible job and it's allowed this atmosphere to develop Lindley McKenzie your final thoughts on this great, great day. i got to go home and edit the podcast. Well, I think what John said actually is, 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 is quite right. It's, 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 this result is for not just for the team and for the current team, but for all of those people who have played for Connacht in the past, and there were a lot of them in, in, who came today to see the match. And also for all of those people like Jerry Kelly who had to hold the reins during a very, very tough time when Connor were really in limbo for a large number of years as the development province, so to speak. And all those players who played as well. I saw Ray Hogan here today. One example of a warrior. There's been a lot of them who never had these great days. No, they didn't. And they didn't have those opportunities to, to shine on the stage. There were some very good players who could have played for Ireland. But because at the time we had a team of you know, some very good players and not a lot of money, that those players probably didn't weren't able to reach their potential. And I think that shows today by the number of players who are in Joe Schmidt's extended Ireland squad at the moment. And I think that's a reflection on all those people, those players who have played for Connacht in the past. And I, when you look at people like, you know, Eric Alwood, who has demanded so much and has stuck with Connacht through thick and thin, I also think you have to look at the Pro 12 itself because I think they took a, made a brilliant decision to make this competition meritocratized so that we no longer had to beat either one of the other three provinces to get to the Champions Cup. And I think that that decision has been absolutely huge for Connacht because it has meant that the IRFU have been able to support Connacht to the fullest extent. We've had... Connacht have had a lot more money. They've they've been able to increase their you know their 
their an, an analysis systems. They've been able to increase their S and C people. Their everything, everything. It strengthened the 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 management team. Yep. Whereas once upon a time, you had a backs coach and the head coach or a forwards coach. Now there is a whole team of yep. management behind the skills coach, who I know that the players would say has Dave Alice has put in a huge amount of work along with Andre Bell. And I think in that sense, the RFU have to be applauded for once it was meritocratized, giving Connacht the money and realizing that there is now four provinces who could, can actually, who, I think there's obviously a few Connacht players leaving. Trina Todd. But I think, I think that has made a huge difference because, and you've had someone like Pat Lamb come in who hasn't had that burden of history on his back and has been able to mould a team and bring in so many changes to it. And I think that that has made a huge difference. I can't add any words to that. It's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, enjoy what we've achieved tonight and all season, but there's still one game to play. Let's go and enjoy that and uh, get as many people over there as we can. Pro 12 have questions, unfortunately, to answer about the selection of Edinburgh with a marathon and 30,000 people attending which is going to make it very very difficult for people to get there ok breaking news we're all going over we're going to do a daily podcast there'll only be short 15-20 minute podcast John's just saying I'm not <laughs> sorry John <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah I feel bad now but anyways da- daily podcast coming your way to entertain the people who can't go over so on Thursday Friday Saturday we're going to podcast each morning get it out just 15 minutes little short little podcast to keep you entertained and then one mother and father of all podcasts on the Sunday hopefully that's the plan thanks to our studio audience hey, hey. <laughs> Aaron's gone Aaron's gone yeah, yeah. rest so him there alright let's go let's go home it's 20 past 10 no let's go Bob I have to go home and edit a podcast <laughs> it's not impossible to edit a podcast in a pub it's difficult but not impossible <laughs> no not impossible <laughs> big headphones Swift for Prez any final words <laughs> I'm trying to say something more than I did in uh, Newport. That's it, you've done it! Talk to you during the week, folks! We're in the final! Sleep, oh, well, sleep,